great gowns, beautiful gowns. Fashion has changed. Hi, my name is Chelsea Fairless. And I'm Lauren Garoni, and welcome to another episode of Every Outfit, a very special episode of Every Outfit where we're going to be talking about the Met Gala and nothing but the Met Gala. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about this with you because we haven't discussed Met stuff at all because you're on vacation. I am in London, England, because I planned this trip in June when everything was fine and Delta didn't exist yet and we were all vaccinated. So surely everything was going to be finished by September, right? (laughs) Very optimistic thinking there. So what time is it? It's nearly 11 p.m. here. Sorry, guys, if the audio does not sound as crisp as it usually does, but we could not leave you without a podcast this week. We got to talk about Matt. So where do we start? Uh, The theme, I guess. So this year, the Met Gala is celebrating the opening of the Costume Institute's new exhibition, In America, a Lexicon of Fashion, which is celebrating the work of American fashion designers from the 1940s onward. I think it's interesting because I feel like the last few Met Galas, the themes have been kind of esoteric, whereas this one is very digestible and easy to understand yet somehow no one actually dressed on theme or very few people did i find the met gala like a russian nesting doll right like it's viewed by the public as this big red carpet spectacle that's supposed to kick off the costume institute's exhibition of that year it is funny that it is called the met gala because the costume institute is a separate entity from the metropolitan museum Really, this is a fundraising event. But then the littlest Russian nesting doll is like Andrew Bolton's Cahote-esque machinations about the theme. Everyone's dragging the theme, saying the theme sucks. I personally think it's a great theme. I just think that people's ideas of what American fashion is are like limited. So the theme has never been easier compared to past years. And yet no one dressed on theme. For the most part, it seemed to be themeless, right? There was definitely a lot of the attendees that it felt like they were going to the camp gala, right? Yeah, I found this red carpet compared to what the actual exhibition was as confusing as the 2016 Manus Ex Machina exhibition, you know, where the the exhibition inside was all about couture, but then everyone on the red carpet was like, I don't know, it's a dress that lights up? Yeah, it was seemed like Lil Nas X was definitely dressed for that exhibition, or maybe even the About Time one from last year that had the canceled Met Gala. Honestly, Little Nas X was four different themes. He was Heavenly Bodies. He was the religious one. He was camp. I love Lil Nas X. I think he's fascinating in general, but this wasn't my favorite look. I mean, I just kind of like don't like this idea in general. Like Lady Gaga did it for the camp show, right? The idea of you take off a big outfit and then there's a smaller outfit. Then there's an even smaller outfit. I feel like the only time it actually has worked was that like 90s Victor and Rolf show where like Maggie Reiser literally was like a Russian nesting doll, right? Yeah, I was going to say, what do you mean you didn't like his look? There were three looks in one. Did you not like all of the looks? I kind of liked how the Medusa, like it was Versace. I kind of liked how the Medusa logo was on the armor superhero look that was in the middle. But I don't know. None of it really spoke to me. It seemed like a little much. 
Well, as it was unfolding, I texted you. It seems that what I was seeing on the red carpet was broken into two factions. One was old Hollywood glamour, and then the other one was background extras from Luc Besson's Fifth Element. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Part of me wonders, it's like, has the camp show changed the Met Gala red carpet forever? Maybe. But at the same time, generally speaking, we are very much in a period of celebrity fashion where everyone is extra. Everyone is over the top. Everyone's vying for attention on Instagram. And like no one is kind of doing the in-between, right? You're either like Reese Witherspoon or Sofia Vergara in a very like safe gown or you're like Lil Nas X. There's no middle point. Well, I think there were two inflection points. And the first one was was 2015 China Through the Looking Glass when Rihanna showed up in the Guaypay couture outfit. And suddenly, for every year since then, people have been like, shit, I got to dress on theme. This is a new concept. People used to dress up, but they usually never dressed on theme. Maybe you had five people. Like I think about Sarah Jessica Parker for the Anglomania show in the, in the Tartan and yeah, that time that like Amber Valletta wore a powdered wig for the Dangerous Liaisons one. I think this year was a breaking point of like, it's too much pressure to make actors and singers and influencers bully their stylists into parsing out Andrew Bolton's messaging around the theme. And then you have designers who, in, in addition to designing four collections a year, are having to like siphon off their design team to make sketches to be rejected by these actresses. Like, it's just, it's too much. And it's diminishing returns. I think that's what we saw this year was the first, like, okay, like Anna Wintour needs to write a, you know, send out a memo and goes, look, I know it's been an unspoken thing to dress on theme. You're all good. Let's just dress well. I totally disagree. I feel like the theme is everything. And without a theme, it's not interesting. Also, imagine like, what if half of the people that were invited to Truman Capote's black and white ball were just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm not dressing on theme. It would have ruined the whole thing. By the way, if some people dress at this Met Gala as the Truman Capote black and white ball, I think we would be better off. Having a very like referential outfit is one thing. Being like, oh, I'm going to dress as Jackie O or something like that. The weird thing is that no one wore American designers. It wasn't even about like being on theme. It was wearing like people whose work was featured in the exhibition. I mean, we definitely saw we saw a fair amount of Oscar de Laurenta, right? We saw what felt like an endless amount of Tom Brown. Did he buy did he buy two tables? He's like, I didn't only buy one table, I bought two tables and I'm dressing everyone. He's dressing like five tables and they all look like they're going to some sort of preppy sex party. But Chelsea, you finally got what you wanted. I mean, not a slutty altar boy in Pete Davidson, but you got a slutty nun look. What did you think? What? Pete Davidson? Yeah. No, I saw that he described his look at, as that on the red carpet, which I think was very funny, but like, I still haven't gotten a literal nun. Also, I think there were maybe a few too many attendees in Tom Brown, mostly because like, I don't know how many guys should be wearing the shorts and the blazer and the socks pulled up like at once. Although that said, I think that Amy Fine Collins looked incredible. I have an opinion about Tom Brown, which is men who are above 6'3 cannot wear Tom Brown. Like the actor Lee Pace, who is 6'5, <laughs> wears Tom Brown. And it's just ridiculous to make a 6'5 man wear shorts. 
I agree. But I think like the weirdest thing about this is that this exhibit features the work of a lot of POC designers, like POC American designers, right? That's what sets it apart from previous exhibitions about American fashion that the museum has done. And while there were certainly a lot of people of color in attendance, like no one wore POC designers. I mean, not no one. Like, we definitely saw, like, Vera Wang did a few looks. Prabal Garung did a look. Virgil Abloh dressed, like, a couple of guys. But we didn't see any of those designers that I think of, like, as some of the most important American designers now, which are, like, Telfar, a, a Hood by Air, a Laquan Smith, even a, a Dapper Dan, you know? It just seemed kind of weird. And I think what was more puzzling was that Kirby, Jean, Raymond, a Pierre Moss, and Laquan were there so they were obviously invited by Vogue but then not invited to have a plus one to dress I don't know if it's that or that like maybe they were dressing people that fell through like maybe one of them was supposed to dress Nicki Minaj who the fuck knows you know so a few people dropped out last minute the rumor is that Kylie was supposed to go but dropped out once she learned that there was a vaccine mandate which how do you get to the night before the day of like Nicki Minaj did they think they could get away with it maybe they thought they're like "Ooh, I can show my fake ass paper card but oh no they're actually asking for a digital record like fuck but it makes you wonder like who that wasn't there is just not vaxxed and who just like didn't want to go this year I saw in the doc that you put uh, Travis Barker and Kourtney Kardashian as people who are not there that you suppose might be anti-vaxxers and it's very sweet that you think they would get invited to the Met they're not there yet maybe May if they stay together I don't think it's sweet I think they're the moment I think that they should have been there because they're like the couple that everyone cares about right Right now and even that could have been predicted like three months ago so is now a good time to talk about kim and balenciaga sure what did you think i liked it i feel like if beyonce was in it it would be hands down the best dress of the evening or best ensemble of the evening and there wouldn't be this divisive talk about it that's true. I really liked it personally, although I think it lost a lot of impact because she blew her load by wearing very, very similar outfits on four separate occasions during the past like few weeks, right? So it didn't really have that impact and it didn't even really have the impact of like, which I think is the desired impact of which celebrity is this? Because of course we know it's Kim because this is how she dresses now. I think this would have been way more major if we hadn't seen these previous looks i have a question for you is it referencing minimalism is that the connection to the america of it all or did he just want to do that when i think about american minimalism to me that's like calvin klein and halston and stuff it definitely didn't look anything like that i think the most american thing about it was the fact that it was made out of cotton jersey so it's like t-shirt fabric so in that sense like that is elevating a very mass market thing to the realm of high fashion which is kind of what balenciaga is all about but it was surprising that they dressed maybe the most amount of celebrities because they don't usually dress people for the Met at all. Yeah, I'm glad that they are because I like seeing the celebs in their clothes, but I think it's cooler to not. Now it's like, I feel like Bottega Vedetta is in a cooler position because they refuse to do the Met Gala. And it is a little antithetical to their anti-celebrity mass market vibe. 
Well, also this panic about who showed up versus who didn't, who was there, what designers were represented on the red carpet versus who wasn't. Guys, this is a mini Met. I mean, the big one is going to happen in May. And I assume all this discourse we're having now, I hope, I assume will be answered in May. The people that you didn't see that are staples like a Beyonce, a Taylor Swift, what have you, you're going to see on the red carpet in May. Really? See, I didn't miss that many people. I was like, oh, my God, I thought this was supposed to be small. And to me, there was like seemingly no end to the celebrities that were there. Like, I get that there was a lot of just like A-listers missing, like the people you just mentioned. But it wasn't as intimate as I had expected it to be, just based on the discourse about it over the last few months. And not even famous people. Are you talking about influencers? No, I mean, I'm just talking like in general, like, and not just because they were wearing face coverings, like Kim Kardashian and that guy from Gossip Girl. Do you think they ran into each other? In their gimp mask and they they pointed at each other? Well, to be fair, uh, I believe Kim was in a in a hentai mask and he was in a gimp mask. I don't want to upset the um, BDSM practitioners out there. I'm sorry, my my apologies. Thoughts on Elliot Page's red carpet debut in Balenciaga as well? I thought he looked good. I liked it. I mean, I think geek chic is the look for him, right? He needs to go in a Balenciaga, Prada, Jerez Van Noten kind of direction. Because that's just his that's just his vibe, you know? He's not like a traditional leading man. Or he's not a leading man in a traditional sense. They also dressed your beloved Isabelle Huppert. She was one of my favorites. Actually, no, she was my favorite because that's an example of great combination of person and brand. She is dressing on theme. She's paying tribute to an iconic film character, which is Divine and Pink Flamingos. And unlike many of the attendees, it's like she knew where the line was when it comes to campiness. Like we didn't have to put her in Divine's makeup. What I thought was interesting when I was going through the images is Jennifer Hudson wore a very similar Divine and Pink Flamingos silhouette dress from AZ Factory as well. Yeah, I saw that. That didn't wow me. It did not. That was not the vibe. And I don't think that was her reference. No, you don't want to accidentally look like Divine and Pink Flamingos. That should be an intentional thing. One of my favorite looks i think mostly because this is how i assume more people were going to dress this evening was debbie harry and you know a structured denim jacket and american flag tool skirt by zach posen i wouldn't say it's my favorite but i respect it and i'm glad that it happened and i'm glad that someone dressed on theme and i'm also glad that it, it didn't feel like there were that many american or what i would qualify as like american style icons in attendance We got Debbie, we got Whoopi Goldberg, which was cool, but it didn't feel like there was a lot of that. So it was nice to see her. Yeah, there was no Lauren Hutton, which going back to my point, I wonder if Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen are going to be there in May in the road dressing Lauren Hutton, and that's a conversation that's already going on. Yeah, I mean, they need to like make a nice satin bucket hat for her and just throw her on the stairs be great i also thought paloma looked great in zach posen that was a little oscarsy for me but also why did she have a skin tight flesh sleeve on one side does she have like tattoos or something that's a good question again that might have been one of the things that looked better in a sketch than in execution 
Who else? Troy Sivan in Rick Owens, right? No. The shoes were Rick Owens, but the dress was like, Altazara has some new like genderless clothing label that's coming out. I forget what it's called. Uh, So this was from that. To me, it felt like he was referencing Gwyneth Paltrow wearing Calvin Klein to the 95 Met Gala. And I really thought I was going to see more references like that. Like the fact that no one just dressed in a black column dress in a nod to Carolyn Bissett, I was kind of shocked by. No one took that. That seemed like low-hanging fruit as a reference. Yeah, no, it's it's true. You would think more people would be doing 90s Calvin. But I think Troy Sivan was kind of like 90s Calvin by way of a Robert Maplethorpe photo or something, which did feel very American. And it, it, it was refreshing, again, in its level of extra because, you know, in the past few years, we've seen queer aesthetics sort of bleed into the world of high fashion, bleed onto the red carpet in a way that is really unprecedented. But I think this look is proof that not everything has to be so extra. Like you don't have to go full Billy Porter to communicate queerness. And I think this look was really just hit the perfect spot. Going back to the point you made earlier, I do think that after the 2015 China Through the Looking Glass show, the next like inflection point with the Mechala was 2018, 2019 camp. That was 2019. We were there. We did a talk. Oh, yeah. God, that was... I feel like people know it's not the Oscars, but it's also not the MTV Awards. And I feel like they looked at the camp red carpet and was like, yeah, that's what we're supposed to do. And it's like, not really. Yeah, like not necessarily. In fact, no. <laughs> Can I get into the, to me, what the most confounding look of the night was? And it's one of my favorite look in general, but it's Kendall Jenner in Givenchy, which was, it was like a thoughty nod to Audrey Hepburn's Eliza Doolittle character from My Fair Lady. Audrey Hepburn, not an American actress. Do you know who is an American actress who has a famously distinctive style? Who? Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> she got the wrong Hepburn. Why did we not have Sarah Paulson as Catherine Hepburn? I can just imagine the slacks now. That was weird. Because it's like everything but American. It's Audrey Hepburn. Then My Fair Lady is like such a British thing. But then Givenchy is like the most French designer ever. So it's just kind of like everything but American fashion. And this is my point about Anna Wintour just needs to send out a memo and is like, you know what, guys, if you don't understand the theme, just dress well. It's okay. It's okay. We got to take the pressure off. Yeah. Back to the Balenciaga gang. What did you think about Rihanna? Sure. Why not? I mean, it's not my favorite look. It felt, I don't know, like comb or yohi or, or something really liked the dress when I saw it in the couture show or whatever, but I think that the styling is criminal. Like a beanie? What? And you know, it actually reminds me of the styling in the Savage Fenty shows, which is all about like putting Cara Delevingne in a bra and panty set, but then like a beanie and a bunch of like cheap costume jewelry. Although I'm sure the jewelry was very expensive. Not to bring this off, Rihanna, but since you mentioned Cara Delevingne... 
Well, Lauren, you're a straight woman. Like, are you going to peg the patriarchy? Okay. So she wore a sort of fencing meets bulletproof vest looking corset that said peg the patriarchy, which I assume that phrase was created by someone in the Dior design team that doesn't understand that when you peg a man, the idea is that it brings him pleasure. But I guess, you know, ass fucking the patriarchy without lube is too long and lewd. (laughs) Yeah, it was just like really whack messaging. I think not because I'm like offended by it in any way, but it's again, to your point, pegging is like not a diss. It it is without proper preparation, but you know, that's maybe there was an asterisk somewhere on the back of this corset. Well, also there's been all of this discourse on like lesbian Instagram, which unfortunately I'm aware of because there was some like queer person selling t-shirts on Instagram that says, peg the patriarchy so now there's this Dior and Cara Delevingne are stealing from this person narrative which could totally be true I wouldn't be surprised Cara Delevingne actually did buy a future is female shirt at other wild and then copy it and mass produce it so it's like she's literally done this before but at the same time I think it's completely believable that two people could have thought of this phrase Again, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I, I see what you're trying to do, but I don't think this has the impact you think it has. It's whatever the fashion equivalent is of being an edgelord. <laughs> totally. Well, it's also just kind of like, it's messaging is rooted in the idea that pegging is degrading. Like if you said like, fillet the patriarchy, that would be like very opposite messaging, even though it's like pretty much the same thing. Speaking of mixed messaging, AOC's tax the rich dress. Okay, well, there's so much to unpack here because it's like we can talk about the aesthetic merits of the dress. We can talk about the messaging of the dress. And then we can talk about like, is it appropriate for her to be there? It's kind of like it's all separate things. But I guess we can kind of start with the dress, which I don't know. What did you think of it? It was giving me um, Macy Gray, my album drops on <laughs> September whatever at the Grammys. That was actually the best. Yeah, I mean, it was designed by Aurora James, who isn't typically an evening wear designer. To me, it was very much giving like classic American Carolina Herrera, Oscar de la Renta bridal type vibes. But I just don't think it was well executed the construction was not as on point as it should have been in my opinion i saw ted cruz wrote that tweet he was like you know messaging whatever (laughs) but the construction of that dress you should have gone for another fitting well i think the messaging is cool like i think it is pretty punk that she wore that although it sucked that the tax the rich was like on her ass and not on the train because there was no angle where the full statement was like fully legible like you would either lose the t or the the H or you know what I mean, depending on which way her body was turning. And I guess the criticism is, and I made a joke about Ted Cruz, but his criticism was like, well, isn't this hypocritical? You're going to an event that's 30,000 a ticket while saying tax the rich in front of the very people who you're trying to tax. You think she has to pay to go to that shit? That's insane. I don't think it makes her a hypocrite at all. I mean, One, she's supporting a designer of color, which is cool. 
to what is she really getting out of this? Like some free champagne? Like she, her, she got her hair and makeup done? Like they sent a car for her? That's not crazy. She's not being paid to do this. And also, you know, as you were mentioning before, the Met Gala is first and foremost a fundraiser. The Costume Institute does not have a $3 billion endowment like the Met. They had to lay off 20% of their staff during COVID. I think her supporting a cultural institution that is like an integral part of New York City is like not that weird. Yeah, I think she she was going to be fucked either way right if she wore a normal dress she would have gotten shit obviously she wore this dress with a message she's getting shit but what is she gonna do not go also i think that a lot of this criticism is because people don't consider fashion to be like a valid art form they think it's like a dumb like thing that only women and gay men care about so it's all just frivolous and she's been criticized for that kind of thing before you know for the fact that she like wears makeup and like likes to look cute which is something i like about her i like that she doesn't think that that necessarily uh i love this imperiousness that people who will never be invited to the met gala can have of like well i would never go to such a thing you're not invited to such a thing yeah i mean the only thing is that i wish like telfar dressed her or something that would have been more major i wish she had dressed anyone that was the most confusing exclusion of the night also, like, why is Rihanna not in Hood by Air? Why is she wearing Balenciaga? I don't get it. And it's not like Demna was a co-chair or Balenciaga sponsored the event. Because this year it was Instagram, right? Yeah. I think a lot of the influencers there probably went over my head. Although I did see Emma Chamberlain in Louis Vuitton and I thought she looked good. She had good hair and makeup. She looked like she belonged. Speaking of, in my opinion, low-hanging fruit as references, I'm also shocked that no one dressed as a look from Marc Jacobs' grunge Perry Ellis collection. That kind of yeah. seemed like a no-brainer. I mean, I know that Marc Jacobs used to design for Vuitton, so maybe that's weird, but that seemed like a, a perfect look for an Emma Chamberlain. Or like a Pete Davidson or something. Yeah, and then you have Addison Ray, who's a huge TikToker. She was just in He's All That, which we talked about in a previous episode. And she unintentionally kind of dressed on theme. She was in a 2003 Tom Ford for Gucci vintage look. Yeah, respect. A sustainable queen. And then Tom Ford was there but didn't dress anyone. It's like, is he, he dressed? Yeah, from- he did. He dressed Kris Jenner, honey. Oh, well, the most important. I mean, nothing says in America than what Kris Jenner has been able to accomplish, right? Only in America. It's true. I thought Tom Ford looked great. I mean, he always has that Botox on point. Yeah. And the aviators, he's just like very fabulous. Same with Donatella Versace. She looked fantastic. But that was another missed opportunity not to have... I don't know, Channing Tatum or Ben Stiller dressed as Tom Ford next to Tom Ford. Well, I would have liked to see Channing Tatum like he just wore a suit, right? He's stepping away from his like skater guy you had a crush on in eighth grade vibe. But I feel like it would have been the move for him if he just rocked up in a pair of like cargo pants. And, you know, one of those polo Ralph Lauren sweatshirts that has like a teddy bear on it. (laughs) Like, I think that would have been cute. Well, I saw an interview he did where he gave a half-assed answer about how, you know, they looked at a John F. Kennedy Jr. red carpet look and it was sort of inspired by that. It's like just because he's wearing a tux and you're wearing a tux 
does not JFK Jr. make? But, you know, it's tough when you have to answer these dumbass questions. Totally. I don't know. They put they sent this suit, so I put it on. Yeah, I like that Pete Davidson was upfront about it. He's like, yeah, Tom, Tom Brown team invited me and here I am. So do we want to get into the most over-the-top looks? Well, what do you qualify as the most over-the-top? Is it Frank Ocean's animatronic baby? Well, see, that's good over-the-top in my opinion. Although I do think it would have been way more American if he was holding the animatronic dinosaur baby from Dinosaurs. You know, the one that says, I'm the baby, gotta love me. He could have had a little Prada outfit on and everything and just like yelled at the attendees. Yeah, he would point at Anna Wintour and go, not the mama, not the mama. <laughs> that was cool, though. I really liked that. That that shook things up. For sure. I mean, speaking of people that were over the top, but I feel like on the line, Pharrell and his partner always do it right. They were in matching leather kind of cowboy ensembles. Yeah, Pharrell's marching to the beat of his own drum. And I think that when all is said and done, like history will tell that his looks like are going to age significantly better than than other people just because he does have a distinctive point of view. Yeah, this wasn't necessarily over the top, but I think the trajectory that Olivia Rodrigo has had over the last kind of six months, and especially the look that she turned out the night before at the MTV Awards, it was a bit of a letdown for her to be in a kind of Peggy Bundy lace Sailor on catsuit. It's interesting to see how different fashion houses respond to the Met Gala because like a Prada will make whatever the celebrity wants right like whatever style whatever proportion whatever silhouette whereas Saint Laurent like straight up refuses they're like it's gonna be black it's gonna be short it's gonna be sheer like they're they're not compromising their aesthetic for anyone which is kind of badass and if it's for Zoe Kravitz it's gonna be a naked dress I mean, she looked cool. To me, the interpretation of the theme is like the most interesting part about the Met Gala. So I'm I've never really liked Saint Laurent Hive just because it's like, oh, you put Charlotte Gainsbourg in a black dress like crazy. I did enjoy seeing Lily Rose Depp just in Chanel and the most Chanel looking Chanel that Chanel has ever Chaneled. Yeah, Chanel usually does Anna, but they lost her this year. What did she wear? Oscar, I think. I mean, that would be shitty of her to not wear an American designer. Speaking of Oscar de la Renta, do you know the Kaya Gerber reference fuck up? Yeah, I know that Kaya Gerber's look was referencing a photo of Bianca Jagger in a Dior gown. So what happened was she thought or someone on the design team of Oscar de la Renta thought it was a Halston dress, which it's like, No, if you look at Bianca Jagger in 81 in this dress, even in Halston's most coked out company being pried out of his hands, he would never design a dress like this. It's because there's a photo of Bianca Jagger in that same dress with Halston Halston standing next to him. Right. In the Met at the Met Gala, I think 81. And so some design intern associate saw that image and went, oh, it's Halston. I mean, she looked amazing, though. That said, I actually really liked Kaya Gerber. And I think Gigi Hadid also looked really amazing. Or Gigi Hadid? Hadid Hadid. I say Hadid, you say Hadid. She looked really great. 
Because they were doing, you know, just classic American fashion, glamour, gowns, you know, all that shit. Simple, fab, on theme. Fabulous. What did you think about Dan Levy? Oh, boy. Did he go to the camp exhibit in 2019? Because if he didn't, it feels like that's the look I wanted to wear and I didn't get invited. So I'm going to wear it this year. I... I can understand the thought process behind it because, okay, apparently Dan Levy's ensemble was designed by Jonathan Anderson for Lueve. They said that they wanted to dress him like a gay superhero. So it's like, I can kind of see that. And also, arguably, that could have been Lil Nas X's theme for this year as well. But they chose to use the work of the American artist David Wojnarowicz to create this outfit and the result was something i don't know how else to say it actually maybe i'm into it i'm kind of into it i think the funniest thing about it is that i was looking at the at lueve's instagram account to see like how they were describing it and you know like luxury brands have to use the most sort of neutral refined language to talk about things but the name of the artwork that this piece is replicated is called fuck you faggot fucker which they had to credit in their instagram caption which is just like oddly funny to me i don't know it it sparks joy you know tax the rich max the rich (laughs) i think the most subversive thing about the mechal this year was the name of that piece (laughs) yeah i mean it's cool well at least like it has a theme like david voinerovich i guess does represent like a American excellence in in the arts and in in activism but I mean I don't know whether you respond to this look on its aesthetic merits is uh is one thing theme aside should we talk about Jennifer Lopez and Ralph Lauren we can I don't have much to say about it I mean I'm glad that she dressed on theme do I love the look not so much but you know I felt like people were going to DM us if we didn't reference it. Yes, we saw it. Yes, it's on theme. It's also not great. Yeah, I was expecting more from Ralph Lauren. Again, I'm wondering if they had some blood oath with Anna Wintour and they're saving all of this for the May show. I mean, honestly, it would have been... I don't think Ralph Lauren the man was there. Like, I feel like Ralph and Ricky Lauren are their own best models you know like no one looks better in those clothes than they do it's kind of like a tom ford situation i would have liked to see them rock up also where was dvf she was there but she didn't dress anyone Mm, i didn't see her i think it was a a somber morning at the vogue offices on tuesday i can't imagine anna wintour was happy with this show Well, okay, you know what, though? I actually very much enjoyed the Vogue live stream. I know that people were talking shit, but it's like, have you seen E's live stream? Like, for the first time, I got to watch the Met Gala arrivals without Brad Grafsky's commentary. Like, it's the best thing that's ever happened. You felt like a a weight had been lifted. Plus, I mean, I'm sure it was successful. Maybe the red carpet looks weren't that major, but it's like she did her job. She raised the money. <laughs> the Costume Institute will will live for another year or until May anyway. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of like people that have two weddings, you know, so you can get twice the presents. 
twice yeah. the cash prizes. That's kind of what this felt like. Yeah, totally. To wrap things up, our our hopes and dreams for the for the first Monday in May, twenty twenty two. Well, it certainly presents a very great opportunity for people because literally no one took any of the ideas this time around so you could literally do anything like whether you want to do Halston or Jackie O or whatever stylus I hope you were listening to our podcast we dropped a lot of references you are more than welcome to take for May yeah stylus just put Tracy Ellis Ross and some vintage Patrick Kelly like it's not rocket science you know evidently it is all right Lauren well Enjoy the rest of your vacation. Can't wait to have you back. Are you going to be back for next week's pod or what's happening? Next week's podcast will be an every outfit watches an episode of Sex in the City. Oh, right. That we pre-recorded. Perfect. (laughs) So we'll be back in two weeks with a, a live episode. I always refer to them as live episodes, even though they're not live. But we're alive. We're alive. Bye, bitch. Bye.